This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Forgive me. The confessional booth felt like every other confessional booth I'd ever been in. The wood of the bench was so dark and uniformly grained that it looked fake and the once plush cushion atop it was now dingy and flat. Between me and the priest was a metal lattice that transformed people into murky, anonymous silhouettes. What did her hair smell like? I didn't like not being able to see the priest, maybe because he was more fearsome as a disembodied voice, more powerful, which is to say that maybe what I didn't like was being put in the position of a supplicant. But at least there was a barrier between us. Son, I was 12 and at a church in Boston with my parents. Though we had moved to rural Massachusetts a few years earlier, the three of us still returned to the city now and then to visit our friends at the Catholic Worker. In so many ways, my family had barely survived the move. My parents had hoped that living in the country would bring us space, peace, safety, closeness. Instead, what we got was loneliness, depression, anger, disconnection. But we stuck it out, or they did. As a child, I didn't have much of a choice. And after those terrible first years, my parents were getting better. My mother no longer so despairing, my father no longer ragingly loud or frighteningly silent. Meanwhile, I got worse. So at the beginning of confession, I told the priest about breaking into houses to raid liquor cabinets, lifting bottles from package stores and cigarettes from grocery stores, trading bottles and cigarettes for weed and mushrooms. My parents were sober, my father a recovering alcoholic, and my mother chose to join him in his sobriety. There were no bottles to steal in our home. I confessed to sneaking out of the house and riding in the backs of trucks as my older friends pushed the pedal into the floor and whipped around back roads, my body almost bouncing out into the night. I did not trust my parents, so I thought it only fair that I was worthy of their distrust as well. The priest nodded and listened and let my confessions crash against him and then wash away. Until I mentioned Ashley. Here, the looming silhouette straightened. Go on, the priest said. No, I did not want to confess what Ashley and I had done recently in a forest behind a friend's house in the rural hills of Massachusetts. However, I was pretty sure that not wanting to confess something meant that you really should. And after boring him with all the exploits I'd been vaguely proud ashamed of, I was glad to finally have the priest's full attention although there was already something too avid and alert about his ear. So I used my words to tell him the story of what Ashley and I had done. We had gotten drunk off a few warm stolen beers in the way only kids can get drunk. And we'd gotten high off a poorly rolled joint, which a group of us had shared while drinking Walmart brand Dr. Pepper. Ashley and I had split off from our friends. We were alone together. She was 17. We kissed and we touched and we rolled around in the dirt and the wet leaves and slowly she put me in her mouth. And even more slowly, I lay there pretending to understand what was happening, but knowing that I liked it. Her hair smelled like blackberries, but fake, like an ad for blackberries. 
I told him about the leaves and the priest asked for more. I described her knuckles pressing into my stomach as she undid my belt and he asked for more. I described how her body felt against mine. His breath seemed to fill the confessional. Ashley had said, after she was finished, that she could tell I wasn't old enough yet. You lasted too long, she said. Later in life, I would know what she meant, but at the time I was only confused. In the moment, I remembered her words, this is lasting too long. The priest had heard all my sins with no questions, no requests for me to elaborate, not until Ashley. Then he kept asking and asking and asking. I answered his questions about her until he asked, what did it feel like in her mouth? And after I was silent, what did her hair smell like? Son? The low light of candles filled the darkness of the confessional booth as I opened the door and stumbled into the empty nave of the church, through the pews and out the door into the waning daylight. My parents were waiting on the front steps. My father looked at me, had a lot to confess. Like I said, my parents were getting better. I was getting worse. He wasn't blind. I shrugged and walked ahead of them away from the church.